Okay, that's actually a good question. That's a good question. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's Solo Creative Ups. A podcast for creative people by a creative person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm Christopher Talon. So, um... I had those drops. I just wanted to do something with them. <laughs> I couldn't find the one where somebody said, yeah, I actually get that question all the time. I wanted to put that in there too, but that was before I was organized enough to keep all my files so nice and tidy. And uh, I guess I should thank the guys at Hey Guys Media Group for their ongoing guidance and suggestions and <laughs> telling me when I'm screwing shit up. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's do the slow drown out with the music. Now let's fade in the nerdy video game music. All right, so from the Harvard Health blog, you know, the school that everybody says is so great. Harvard. Benefits of gaming include actual, you know, the opposite of what we used to think about. People that play video games are lonely, sad people that never interact with the outside world. Well, now people are using video games to interact with other people, whether it's kids who can't talk to each other because it's, you know, after dinner on a weeknight, they can get out and play 30 minutes of games together or people that live far away. I have friends who play regularly with other people who are out of state and sometimes even out of country. So, you know, you still get to hang out with people and do stuff that's fun besides just talk on a phone. They're saying that it also does good things with autistic children who have challenges with traditional modes of communication. That's a cool one that wouldn't have been on my radar. This Harvard blog also says that video games have medical applications. They can use video games to train people with degenerative diseases to improve their balance. And they can use video games to help adolescents with ADHD, hello, improve their thinking skills. Or training surgeons on how to do technically complicated operations. And an article from Psychology Today said that people who did not play video games were able to show a demonstrably improved hand-eye coordination. I don't know, how do you say that? Sense of hand-eye coordination? They developed better hand-eye coordination from playing video games for an hour a day for a week. And the study closed by saying there are a lot of things you can do to improve your hand playing video games. And if you want to know, TV or surfing the internet How that actually translates into real-world use, Penn State University has a site or blog here, looks like. In it, they quote research that says, Surgeons who played video games for more than three hours a week made 37% fewer errors, were 27% faster, and scored 42% better on laparoscopic surgery compared to those who rarely ever played video games. And if you don't know what laparoscopic surgery is, that's when instead of cutting a big hole in you, they cut a tiny one and they stick a long camera on a stick basically inside of you. And then they have these other things they can stick inside of you that have tools on them. And a doctor can operate all of that from outside your body like they do on video games. So people that play video games just have that built in already. They don't have to think about their movements. They can just do that. Utah Valley Pediatrics, 
on their website has a section about video games. The pros. In education, studies have found that video games can improve learning. When video games have been used in the classroom, teachers see improved test scores. And test scores aren't the end-all be-all, but they are a good indicator. Games also allow students to learn and then apply what they have learned in real-life situations. Medical and military training programs both use simulation-style games to teach tools and strategy. Life skills. Many video games teach kids how to delegate, work as a team, and prioritize. Internet-enabled games... That's internet-enabled. Internet-enabled games that let kids play with their real-life friends often require collaboration and division of tasks to beat the level. And I've seen this with my kids before where they'll go, oh, no, you know, they're playing the Avengers game on the Xbox. And they'll say, quick, you got to go up there and fly with this guy to go do that. And they'll, oh, okay. You know, and they're telling each other and helping each other. And it, it's kind of actually fun to watch unless they start going, no, stupid. <laughs> kids. Improved brain function. Video games have been shown to help us improve our ability to reason and solve problems. They help us make split-second decisions, process information more quickly, and multitask effectively. Games can also improve hand-eye coordination and boost auditory perception. Exercise. Motion-controlled games like the Nintendo Wii were once thought to be the answer to parental concerns about video games leading to obesity. But studies have shown these video games alone don't increase overall activity level. However, there is some hope in the form of smartphone games that encourage kids to leave the house like Pokemon Go. Although I've heard people say that somebody is spying on you with Pokemon Go. They're just giving you places to go film and you go film it for them. Who knows? I don't know. That's a whole other thing to talk about. So let's not go. And, you know, geocaching. So I don't know much about those things other than they exist. I don't do those. I like to run. I like to play video games, do push-ups, and run. That's my thing. Job skills. The Federation of American Scientists, or FAS, argues that kids need to play more video games in order to be competitive in the current job market. In a report they released in 2010, the FAS said games helped teach higher-order thinking skills, like problem-solving, interpretive analysis, and so on. Now, there are cons to gaming. Vitana.org. V-I-T-T-A-N-A.org. And I didn't really do much research on that. So if it turns out to be just some garbage, then I'm sorry. It was one of the first things that came up on Google. List of cons of video games. It can create psychological stress. Long-term gaming can comprise personal health. It isolates people from their families. There are financial considerations. It can limit academic... That's supposed to be progress. And it may limit social connection. Now, on a personal level, I can speak to people who have gotten way too into video games. And yes, they were like, I just have to go play this video game. And you wouldn't see that person for a week or two until they beat that video game. And then it was like they came back from the dead all of a sudden. They're like, oh, hey, what's been going on, guys? Uh, what, what have you been doing? Oh, I just I got so into that video game. Uh-huh. That's probably not good if you withdraw from real life just to be on a video game. And he wasn't playing it online either. That was, I don't know. Anyway, now that thing also mentioned addiction. And this comes from ScienceDaily.com. 90% of gamers do not play in a way that is harmful or causes negative long-term consequences. But that's, you know, 10%. Feels like a relatively small number. However, according to USA Today, in July of 2021, 227 million Americans play video games, which is approximately two-thirds of Americans. So if 20, no, what is that? 227 million people play video games. One-tenth of that would be 22.7 million. Let's just round down to make us feel better. That's 22 million people who play in a way that's problematic. The simple explanation for this is that, uh, and this comes from Mayo Clinic Health Systems, Dot org. Hyperarousal 
can also be triggered by a release of dopamine, the feel-good chemical that's released in the brain when we experience success or achievement. It's the same dopamine release process that triggers addiction to video games, screens, and chemicals such as alcohol. So if you have just an addictive personality in general, then you might want to consider not necessarily not playing video games, but definitely limiting yourself. There are some studies out there that say that people who play wholesome video games, which would be, you know, anything rated all ages, are actually happier than people who don't play video games at all. But that doesn't take into account games that might be a little bit more violent (laughs) in nature. But if you're under 12, the consensus seems to be seven to nine hours per week, which broken down should not be more than an hour a day on school days and two hours a day on the weekends. So however you want to net that out to your kids, parents. But uh, yeah, it's suggested that keep it to two hours or less on non-school days and 60 hours, 60 hours, <laughs> 60 minutes or less on school days. Because it is real that some people could develop some kind of video game addiction, even though from what I can tell, it doesn't seem to be a listed mental health condition. There are, like I've said, I've met people who have problems that uh, usually extend beyond just the video games, but the video games are an enabling tool to keep hiding away from whatever else is maybe bothering them. I don't know. But some things that might let you know you have a problem And this comes from EA Sports Talk blog. Constantly reloading games out of frustration. Buying games that are on sale, but not playing them, which sounds like could just be a version of hoarding, but maybe there's like a whole lane of video gamers that like that's just what they do is I've got to buy this game. Spending too much money on micro transactions. So like if you play Minecraft or one of those games, probably any of those games really. Probably just about any game now that those consoles log directly into your Wi-Fi. If you're playing a game and you're spending real money in return for not real anything, you might want to talk to somebody and say, hey, is it weird that I'm spending X amount of dollars a month on this video game? Ask somebody who doesn't play video games and they'll probably tell you, "Eh, I don't know. It doesn't seem too bad. Or they'll go, yeah, dude, that's nuts. Because I knew a guy, and we talked about him in the last episode. I talked about him with Peter. A guy who almost missed a movement what they call it when you're about to deploy somewhere and the actual getting on the plane or the whatever you're getting on, they call that, you know, missing movement if you don't get there on time. This dude almost missed movement because he was playing a marathon session of World of Warcraft and the same guy, you know, he he would always say, oh man, I got to get more gold. And he would spend like hundreds of dollars, probably a week on gold. I wouldn't be surprised if that dude spent a thousand dollars a month or more on on video game microtransactions. So if you're spending too much money and you're not sure how much is too much, look it up or ask somebody. If you're spending too much money, you have a problem. If you're getting online and just being an asshole, you might have a problem. Uh, and this this one also says eating while gaming is is problematic. You should probably stop if you if you feel a bodily function, whether it's hunger and you need to eat or you need to go to the bathroom or you got to blow your nose. Stop the game. Don't <laughs> don't. Don't just, yeah, don't be Cartman when he was playing World of Warcraft. What you should be doing, according to myhealth.alberta.ca, thanks Canada, embrace positive aspects, get involved in the games, get to know the people that you're playing with, play in the company of other people, and Stick to a limit, you know, tell yourself, I have to get off after an hour today, after two hours today, depending on your lifestyle. If you have kids, you might be lucky to squeeze in half an hour. Dial in, figure out how much time you actually have. And if you can't stick to the limits, again, that might be a problem that uh, you should talk to somebody about. Mental health is no joke, people. Get and stay healthy.
All right, and then the last thing I want to talk about with the gaming stuff is ADD. I have ADD. Hello. Uh, what were we talking about? This article from WebMD says there's no evidence that video games cause ADD. The short version of it, kids who play video games young don't show an overwhelming push into becoming ADD as they get adolescent. But as kids develop and show symptoms of ADD, then they'll start being drawn to video games. So a lot of adolescent ADD kids play video games. So the parents go, oh, well, it must be the video games. But causation doesn't equal, no correlation doesn't equal causation. A large study was done in Norway that tracked kids for several years, starting at age six. It says right here, quote, found that those who had more ADHD symptoms tended to play more as they got older, but the sheer amount of screen time did not worsen their condition. So weak link, if any, between video games causing ADD. But if you're a person who has ADD, then there's like crack. (laughs) All right. So next week's show, I've got my friend Andrew Smith, or as I call him, Drew. I've got him on the show. We talked about, uh, he, he's not a creative in the sense that he has a product that you can go out and enjoy like most of my guests do, but he was a teacher, as was I. He taught high school, I taught middle school, and both of us decided to leave the profession, both for different reasons, but you know, ultimately reflecting back on it, we had a lot of the same motivators, I think, to, to leave it behind. We go into what school was like for us growing up. He was more of a kind of do well enough to not attract attention to yourself positively or negatively kind of student. And I was more the uh, not do anything, yell at the teacher and generally try to just be disruptive kind of student. But both of us ended up in teaching. And yeah, it was it was fun to talk to Drew about all that because it's fun to talk to somebody who can truly empathize uh, with you and vice versa. But, you know, also, I didn't know some of the stories that he had about teaching whole sections of refugees who didn't speak any English, but were also illiterate in their own languages. So how do you deal with that? Well, you know, he talks about it. And we both talk about how our uh, teaching experiences where uh, we get to teach in very diverse settings and settings that were socioeconomically very different from the ones that we grew up in. And, uh, you know, I think one way or the other, whether we uh, made a difference or not, it was certainly an experience to have being a teacher. Because, uh, like I say in the like I say in the show, you learn things about yourself, about the way you communicate, about the way you fail to communicate, and just more about the different types of people. Some people like enneagrams. Some people subscribe to different ways of identifying different personalities. I'm I'm into all of that, man, because I've seen it where you you meet a kid, you you go through enough kids, and you can start to meet people, grownups, and go, okay, I know your type. I don't know you and all your experiences and the things that make you uniquely you, but I have a sense of how you might react to different conversational stimulus, <laughs> which I'm sure I've lost some of that, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice tool to have to be able to, to read people and kind of figure out how you might talk to people in a way that they'll be the most receptive, you know, tact, as they say, tact is telling somebody to go to hell, but doing it in a way that makes them happy to be on their way. <laughs> oh, thanks, dad. All right. I think we can keep this thing pretty short today uh, as far as, you know, my meandering ADD brain goes. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode with Peter Spaulding, where we talked about Twitch gaming and stuff like that, go check it out. It was a good one. And get ready because it's already recorded, ready to rock. Next Monday, I'm going to release my interview with fellow former teacher, Andrew Smith, and uh, you can hear the shit that teachers really say about their students 
<laughs> we'll tell you, man. We'll tell it how it is and uh, the good, the bad, the in-between and uh, fond memories and things that we're glad to be away from and all that. So check it out, man. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to Hey Guys Media and all the guys over there making things work. Jason Teary, Ben Crocker, Jesper Dennison, and uh, all the all the shows that they got over there. Check them out. HeyGuysMediaGroup.com. Listen to all the shows. Skeptical Pastor. That's a good one. Threads Podcast Life Unfiltered. That's a good one. The Gig Economy Podcast. If you want to be not just out there doing your own gig work, but really learning how to do it the right way, make the most money in the least amount of time, check those guys out, man. Good guys. All right, folks. Thank you for listening this long. I hope you come back next week. I hope you listen to all the other shows. Rate, review, blah, 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 blah. Tell your friends. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Alright man. I'll leave you with the uh full version of the theme song. Thanks for stopping by, man. Appreciate it. Have a good week. See you Monday. Mwah! Or at least that's how it seems They know what happens but they swear this time it will be different Just poking fun cause we're young and dumb But what's the excuse after today? Once the means to live takes a new shape And your fun has faded away When's enough enough? When's enough enough? For the girl who wears long sleeves in the middle of the summer When's enough enough? When's enough enough? For the girl who wears long sleeves in the middle of the summer. feel so good and the next you're so ashamed what's a piece of your soul for a hit of a drug if it helps you get through the day got off to a bad start today still have tomorrow for another chance when life takes a passing glance don't you wish that you would have just stayed away when's enough enough when's enough enough for the girl who wears long sleeves in the middle of the summer When's enough enough? When's enough enough? For the girl who wears long sleeves in the middle of the summer. You might think it's crazy, but I think you still have a chance. think that you should too.